Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. This week on the show, I got together with uh, Mark Brew, my brother Aaron, and Kyle Army to discuss Terry Funk and to discuss Bray Wyatt, whom, as you all know, this past week we both tragically lost. Um, the initial 15 minutes or so of this episode, we had some terrible audio issues. So that first 15 minutes is a little cut up. Um, a little choppy. You might hear some echo. Uh, we regrouped, and uh, the last part of the show is definitely much better audio quality-wise. I just wanted to apologize for the audio quality of the first uh, few minutes of this show. But here we go. I think it's appropriate that we have this tribute to both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. So here you go with the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Oh. So I think what we'll do is we'll start out here um, by discussing... Bray Wyatt, um, and then we will discuss uh, obviously the legendary Terry Funk. But it's been that a was then. well, and and there's a couple things I want to say about this, and then you guys can elaborate as well. And anybody that anybody that knows me listens to this show, Aaron and Kyle, know from the very beginning, from Florida Championship Wrestling when they first came up with that character, I was so intrigued by that character. And I think, and, and not that it was a direct ripoff, but I think it was because at first it was mostly because to be honest with you, back in 1995, Nate young Nate was a fan of the Waylon mercy character. And again, I know they're not the same, but it was very reminiscent of the Waylon mercy character. And it's, the way that, the way that Wyndham carried himself as that character really intrigued me. But I want to tell a funny story really quick before we get into his career and, and his contributions to modern wrestling. All right. The year is 2013. Back then, I wasn't streaming yet. This is still, you know, I still had, yeah, still watching Raw on cable live. This is going to sound super selfish. <laughs> but the night that, that Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family debuted on Raw, you know, we knew they were coming. The, the, vin the vignettes were there. And they uh, they actually debuted by attacking Kane, if you guys remember. Yep. Well, shit you not, I'm so excited. And my wife's like, those those Wyatt people that you like, that you are so intrigued by are going to be on tonight. I'm like, I know, I'm so fucking excited. I hadn't been excited for anything on Raw in, since fucking the summer of punk. But anyway... So I'm excited for the Wyatt family to show up. And then, while the show's going on live, lo and behold, tornado warning. Not even for my tornado county. <laughs> but they break in with a weather alert while the fucking Wyatt family is debuting on Monday Night Raw, and I was so pissed. Someone might have lost their home that night, but I lost my opportunity to see this act that I'd wanted to see for so long debut on Raw actually debut on Raw. You know, uh, you know, it's been very weird last couple because I mean we're we're used to this. We're used to this. We're we've seen we've seen Eddie, we've seen Chris, we've seen Owen. Mm -hmm. Chris, we Owen. It never gets easier, especially like I said. We'll we'll get into Terry Funk. But the man was fuck in his life. You're talking about a guy who's 36 like, years old. Guy 36 years old. It's it, it, that makes it so much tougher. And also, so let's be honest, also, he was probably honest, of the modern of. The modern, the modern pro wrestling. Modern he was probably the most intriguing character in WWE. WWE period. period. The whole time he was there. Um, you put my yeah. earbud in, Nate. So try to try to maybe get away from the echo. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like um I said, the, the, the other problem is it's unexpected. I mean, we we woke up to the news of. Terry Funk passing away. Passing away. And then in our group chat, in our group chat, we hear Bray passes we away. Hear Bray passes away. And then you hear about then you everything hear that's about happened with it. Why? With it. Why? Mm -hmm. 
It's tough, man. It's tough, tough. man. It's tough. A buddy of mine at work, like, I was, like, throwing shit in the fucking baler. And this guy I know at work, he's a wrestling fan, too. But he stopped me. He's like, hey, man, what do you think about the Bray Wyatt shit? And um, can I be, like, like open about what I want to say? Yeah. Honestly, when I first heard it, and I, and I put it in our chat, like, I thought, like, a 36-year-old guy doesn't just naturally fucking die. At least, at least normally. And it might sound stupid when I say this. It's like, I'm almost glad that he fucking died of a heart attack. Yeah, because at first you kind of wonder. Yeah, like, I, like... Like they're like, oh, undisclosed health condition. Well, to me, mental health is a health condition. So I thought this guy's whatever, but but I'll, I'll get away from that. Um, what I told my friend was this, that dude was. I didn't realize that he was only thirty six years old. Okay, I'm forty. Nate, you're what? 57? Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I'm 36, man, so it hit me fucking hard. It was like, fuck, dude. Like, fuck, dude. Like, but what I'm getting at is that dude, and I'm not, I'm not going to go out and say that he's my favorite wrestler of all time or whatever, but he did a lot of shit and made a lot of moments in a very quick time. Does mm-hmm. that make sense what I'm saying? Like, he's only 36 fucking years old and guys like Big Show and John Cena and Rock are like, oh my god, this guy was fucking great. You know what I mean? But let's, let's put it out there for what it is. It's because of him that because the WrestleMania him, during COVID WrestleMania was watchable. I mean, you look back on it, and it's the Boneyard match, and it's the Firefly Funhouse match. Firefly Funhouse match. And, and I was I wasn't gonna try to like talk about it too much because I'm not a huge um, COVID during COVID wrestling fan, but he's, and, and I'm not going to say anything out of school. Cause you guys know this. He's the only dude that ever did a cinematic wrestling match that I enjoyed. Like I hated the boneyard match and I hated fucking, um, the swamp thing match and all that shit. But I really liked the one with him and John, like that was fucking entertaining. And it was because it was funny, and it, it it has some deep cuts in it and shit like that. Like I enjoyed that, and the only reason that um, I can't talk too much about him is just because I think a like the body of his character happened in that that COVID era. And that wasn't something that I liked. And and that's not knocking him. I'm just saying, like, I think that's where the majority of his storylines were at. Well, but the it, dude, the dude is was a fantastic mind for the business. I thought of everything that I sorry, that, that he has done over the last, you know, however long. The thing that I, get, I recommend that I to people to go watch is go when watch, he returns back, he returns back on SmackDown. He comes out, comes out, and there's a look on his face, and you can tell he knows he has that crowd. Mr. Brew, what was your what are your thoughts on Bray Wyatt? Um, he's just one of the one of the guys that really understood that in order to succeed, that your character has to evolve, and he understood. 
you know, actual ring psychology. And just watching him over the time frame that, you know, that we got to see him, he, he, he'll he captivate you even if you weren't a fan at first. You continue watching, and Bray Wyatt's going to make you a fan. Yeah, and I, that's what – I mean, I don't know – Behind the scenes, folks, we had to restart our recording over again. So I don't know if I made this point before we had to cut it off because of the echo or not. But I look at Bray because I don't look at Randy, even though he's wrestled Randy Orton, even though he's wrestled into this generation. I look at him as a wrestler from the previous generation, the John Cena and him and all that. For me, as far as knowing his character, knowing the psychology, knowing what you know what I mean? Bray was that guy of his generation. Um, and again, I was just enamored by his character. I love the gimmick. He he put, no matter what you can say about the creative, maybe there were creative, questionable creative from Vince McMahon and stuff. But no matter what they gave him, he made the most of it. And he yep. made, you know, he, he made, he, he did, and I'm not comparing him to The Undertaker, but he did a lot of what the undertaker did. He took that character and no matter what they were giving him, he made the absolute fucking most of it. Well, we come to and, find out now that, you know, taker was instrumental in his career. Like he was there for a lot of it, helping him to kind of guide him to be that next guy. And, you know, it, it's, it's very, ever since the news broke yesterday, like I said, of course, you know, I mean, I've constantly been looking at websites and, you know, trying to, because, you know, like Aaron said, a guy 36 years shouldn't drop dead like that. That shouldn't happen. And then, you know, you come to find out that it's because of supposedly the reports that at, at this time is that due to COVID, it hurt some, he had a heart condition. Exasperated his uh, his already yeah. that heart, heart condition that he already had. So you know, and like I said, for a lot of fans, man, who've been watching in the last couple of years, this is their first time going through something like this, losing somebody that you watched every week. We've gone through it a lot. I mean, my God, you know, unfortunately, this business is one that it's tough on people's lives. And the saddest part is, is that he has children and a wife and. Yeah. I mean, he's, if you think about it, he's the first one of his generation of his generation. Cause I mean, they did it for dusty and they did it for Piper, but they were older, but he is the first one of his generation that we've had to watch the wrestlers out on the stage, getting a 10 bell salute. Yep. You know, yeah, it was well, Hunter's first is one of Hunter's kids, you know? Yeah. Like, fuck, man, it's just it's tough, and I my heart goes out to any fans of Bray Wyatt because, man, like I said before, we we've watched Owen, we watched Eddie, we watch, you know, it, it's tough, and, and then, like the and, the thing the thing I was saying before break, real quick, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people are there's a lot of naysaying on what WWE should have done, shouldn't have done for a memorial show, but. I, I hearken back to the the night that Owen passed away, and it was if we can send Stone Cold out there to give the fans a happy moment after what they just experienced, why wouldn't you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, real quick, and then I'll let um, I'll let you guys say more. But I wanted to get it out while I was while I was thinking about it. And like I said, I didn't I haven't watched SmackDown yet, just because. Um, I just haven't, but I watched the last night. I watched the the ten bell, and I watched the tribute video on YouTube. And what really, really got me in the emotion wise through all of that was when when you start seeing the picture of him with his wife and with his kids. When he's sitting there brushing his daughter's hair, fuck. Oh yeah, got Dude. me, got me right in the fucking feels, man. Like it, it's just it's it's so that's the saddest part. Obviously, for us as wrestling fans, we lost a wrestler. We we lost somebody that we watched on television. Those kids lost their dad. That woman lost her husband. You know, it's 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 just that's the that's the real of the situation. And I'm not I'm not demeaning anybody that was his friend. 
that is, is sad that he's gone now. I understand that too. It was very classy of them to have Eric Rowan on the show. Yes. Yeah. Um, but just when you think about the fact that he, you know, it's not like he was, it's like Owen. It's not like he was the father of grown children and he was an older man. You know, he's, these are young kids that are now going to have to grow up without their dad. And it really sucks. I don't know if you guys are a fan of or listen to uh, like the Call to Holic podcast and stuff, but you know, of course, the news. And one of them brought up something um, that was really good. That, How would they ever be? They said that uh, his one child um, wasn't young enough or is too young to even really know Brett. And they said, at least there's all this stuff that they can go back and they can show them this is your dad. Mm-hmm. This is what your dad did. This is, I mean, I, God, the, the amount of footage they probably have. Yeah, definitely a, a, a loss of, for a generational loss, losing Bray. Um, and did you guys, did you guys have anything else to say before we move on to uh, the Funker? I gotta do. Um, I like that you talked about Randy, and you were like, "Oh, Randy's a um, generational talent or whatever," and and he is. Okay, Randy's the fucking man. You know what I mean? And I know he's hurt right now or whatever. But I kind of look at it this way that um I don't I don't want to like shit on the um cinematic sh- cinematic matches or whatever but Bray Wyatt got over with Randy Orton, John Cena and the Undertaker You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a generational talent. They see this guy as somebody. These, this guy is these, this guy is one of us. Guys, these three guys were. This is John Cena, Randy Orton, and the Undertaker. And they were like, "This guy's the fucking man." And did you see? Um, it, it's only like a two-minute clip where, um, like AEW's in. England right now because they're doing their um, Wembley show or whatever. Did you see that shit where that guy was interviewing Big Show about Bray? Yeah. It's like even that guy. That guy's been doing it since 95. And all these guys are just like, "This, this guy was the fucking man. Like not 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 to interrupt you, Aaron, but if you guys get a chance, Booker T was doing his show, like recording his show live, and they were talking about Terry Funk when the news broke, and it's it's very surreal to watch because he gets the news like live, and I, I again just to see the amount of shock and love that people had for for the man. But, but go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. I was just saying, like, there were guys that are superstars that were superstars before Bray that I honestly think they thought this guy's the fucking man and he's gonna he's gonna bring it to the next level and he's gone now. And it sucks. And it's like you said, Nate. And I told my buddy this at work. Like, this guy's 36 fucking years old, and he's got four kids and a wife. It's fucking nuts. And for every wrestler, it's like, oh. And I, I don't mean it to be this way, but for every wrestler to be like, I, oh, we lost our friend. Those kids lost their fucking dad. And... Even more than that, it's like Mike Rotunda lost his kid. Like, 
I couldn't imagine that. No, I'm. Um, I have, I have no children, but I couldn't imagine being like, oh shit, I gotta put my kid in the fucking around. Seth, like, Seth had a really cool, uh, like thing or whatever where he was talking about when Brody passed away and he was talking to Bray about it and Bray told uh he's like hey he's like make sure you go home you you uh you hold your youngins and he's like that's what I'm gonna go do and I mean that's the the key of this is man you never know just like that and if nothing else that man that man showed you what it was like to capture every moment and live for it. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's two different, it's two different types of losses and it's two different types of stories. Cause like I said, to me, again, we as fans and the people that were his friends that lost Bray, it's sad, but it's super sad with him being a young father and husband. Yeah. So the next man we're going to talk about. Mark Brew looks like a Talking Heads video. <laughs> um, the next the only, only other thing I had to say ahead, about him, Nate, was that <clears throat> last night I gained a lot more respect for L.A. Knight than, you know, I, I already enjoyed him. Oh. But that that promo that he cut, that shoot promo, bro, like – I gained a lot more respect for LA Knight with that, especially at the end where he said, A wise man once told me, The next time you see me run, bro, I got chills. <laughs> Good shit, pal. Very, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, there's a reason why that man is the future of this company. Like, LA Knight is going to, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think you're going to segue into talking about the Funker. I am, and I, I have a, I have a, I have a statement to make, <laughs> and then we will we will discuss the life and times, and especially our fandom. I mean, you can go to Wikipedia and look up what ha- what Terry Funk did. I mean, if you're not stupid, you know what Terry Funk did. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm not here to give anybody a history lesson on the career of Terry Funk because we all watched it happen from. From before I was born until now, um, I want to say real quick before we start talking about Terry Funk, who of course, of course, we lost this week as well. The day before we lost Bray, I, I always talk about who my favorite wrestlers are, and Terry Funk is in my top five. You know, obviously, my personal favorite pro wrestler of all time is Randy Savage. Then there's Bret Hart and Kurt Henning and Shawn Michaels. That's just my personals, okay? But whether or not my personal favorite, and again, he's in my top five, so he's pretty much up there. There is a case to be made that Terry Funk might be the best to ever do it. And I know there's people out there to be like, what, Ric Flair? I don't know, man. Terry Funk might be the best to ever do it. So, like, SmackDown, they did a really cool thing where they had Cody come out and talk about Terry Funk, and then they proceeded to have a hardcore match in Terry Funk's honor, and I was like, you kind of missed the point, because as, as hardcore as Terry Funk was, it wasn't beating people over the head with a trash can. The man was a fucking outlaw. One of the last outlaws. He was a fucking cowboy. Um, Terry Funk was that fucking rough, rough, I will beat you. <laughs> you fucking egg-sucking dog. I'll... <laughs> I'll say Terry um, is in my... Um, I, I think I've said it before on the show. He's in my he's in my top three or five. I don't I uh, uh, I don't want to say oh Terry's not the greatest of all time because we're talking about him, but he he's up there, but he's not my like number one of all time. Terry Funk is one of those wrestlers. He may not be your number one. 
but on anybody's top ten list, he's gonna have a spot. Oh yeah. Like I'm I'm not gonna knock anybody if they tell me, oh Terry Funk's my favorite wrestler of all time. I'll be like, cool, dude. But I'm gonna right. put him before or put him behind like Kurt Harley and Savage. You know what I mean? But Terry I will say this is in my top one or two most um, believable wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about there's There's been so many great and cool fucking pro wrestlers over the years. How do you pick just one? You can't. That's why we have like top tens. Because, I mean... You know what? You know what's a great Terry Funk moment? If you can find it, it's really hard to find. But him and Austin, right before uh, the Rumble '97, they're doing a shotgun Saturday night, and Austin's on commentary, and Funk's in the ring, drunk off his ass. He's like, "I'm looking for a Rumble," and Austin's sitting back there, and he's like, "Well, you don't have to look very far, old man." And they're just they're exchange like you don't see shit like that anymore. Um, you don't see like Terry Funk was a pro wrestler. He wasn't a fucking sports entertainer. He wasn't a superstar. He was a fucking pro wrestler. When pro wrestling was smoke filled armory buildings, when people actually fucking believed that this was real, people got stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people's cars got set on fire. <laughs> Mark, really quick, your 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 first short thoughts of Terry Funk, because then I'm going to go into I'm going to go into a little bit of what I was saying because I've been thinking a lot about this all week, and I'm going to go into a little bit of what I'm saying, and then I'll let you guys just however you want to express your love for Funk, you can go through memories, you can go through whatever you want, but you just your your. Your first little snippet on what your opinion is of, of the Funker. Well, um, previous episodes when we were doing our uh, favorite matches and stuff, I really, really enjoyed him and Foley whenever he was Chainsaw Charlie. Mm-hmm. Don't know why, it just, it was cool as shit to me. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Is Mark, how old are you? I'm Sorry. 33. There's a lot of people that um, didn't know about Funk until he got hooked up with Cactus in the WWF. Right. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but like... like and that Chainsaw Charlie shit was awesome. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to speak over you, brother. Oh, Sorry. you're good. You're good. But uh, like that whenever he come out that day... Um, wooden box with that chainsaw bro that shit was, it was over Ooh, me fuck. It, it was like what the fuck is this and then he comes out and I mean it's obvious it's Terry cause he's got the pantyhose over his head but they I mean fuck. yeah Cornette, Cornette, Cornette told the story this week on his podcast cause they were talking about Terry Funk and he said that uh, you know that whole thing you know there's, there's, there's conjecture about I'm pretty sure that they've Lo and behold, they've it's come out over the years that that was actually Terry's idea to be Chainsaw Charlie. But um, Cornette said that um, he's like, well, I mean, he's gonna. They did the, you know, they did the Funk in a Box thing. They did, you know, he came out of the box, and um, Cornette told Kevin Dunn, I mean, the minute he comes out of the box, they're gonna people are gonna know it's Terry Funk. And Kevin Dunn's like, no, this is a different audience. These people don't know who Terry Funk is. And then Cornette's like, and as sure as shit, he he he, <laughs> he saw, saws himself out of the box. And the minute he comes out walking around hobbling like Terry Funk, the people start going, Terry, Terry. He's like, fuck <laughs> Kevin Dunn. But anyway, um, I want to make my my case here for what I said before. And then, like I said, I'll let you guys just do your own thing as far as Terry Funk goes. But I said at the beginning when we started talking about him, Randy Savage is my personal favorite wrestler of all time. But I'm, I think that Terry Funk might be the greatest to ever do it. And here's why I say that. 
I'll start from the beginning. Came through his father's territory, obviously. The Texas rough and tough style, you know, the tough and rumble Texas style. Became the NWA champion, just like his brother. And there was that Terry Funk. 1970s. He, as a matter of fact, loved his wife so much that they were having problems in their marriage when he was NWA champion. And that's the reason he lost the belt. Because he said, I need to fix my marriage because I love this woman. So not only was he a great wrestler, obviously a great man too, because he gave more of a shit about his wife and his children and his life at home than he did about the business. Although we, we know, by the way, that his body was that he also loved the fucking business. So then you go through the 70s, and again, this is a lot of stuff I didn't see because I wasn't born yet. I've seen it retrospectively, but that's one Terry Funk. Then we come into the 1980s, and some of my favorite pro wrestling ever to happen, and Aaron and I talked about this on Reliving the Extreme this week, some of my favorite pro wrestling to ever happen is to Terry Funk in Memphis. Terry Funk with Jerry Lawler in the empty arena match. Terry Funk cut, cutting a fucking promo pouring motor oil over his head. Just being crazy ass, unique Terry Funk. Like nothing you've ever seen. And then there's that Terry Funk. And then you come into the mid-80s. He comes into the WWF. He has a great match on Saturday night's main event with Hulk Hogan. There's a reason they put him with the junkyard dog when he was there, because at that point, that was the person that was actually going to get some good shit out of junkyard dog every night. So then he leaves the WWF because his horse is sick, quote unquote. God bless Terry Funk. <laughs> and and that now he's he's back. You know, he, he winds up back with the NWA. And then he gives us a whole new Terry Funk, probably the best shape he was ever in. And he does one of the greatest feuds of all time, of all time, with Ric Flair for the NWA title with the I Quit match and everything that subsequently happened through that. The angle they shot after the Steamboat match and it's some of the greatest pro I know people rave and rave and rave about Steamboat and Flair. Steamboat and Flair were fan-fucking-tastic together. But actually, if you ask me, 1989, I like the Funk feud better. Okay? So then you go, that Terry Funk. Then, here comes Terry Funk in this upstart promotion, ECW. Reinvents himself. And literally, a brand is created around this fucking man. Because he is... He is not selfish. He is innovative. He is unique. He is one of the greatest to ever do it. And he teaches an entire roster of fucking misfit toys about the business. And he does nothing selfish. And he's as good as he's ever been. And then Chainsaw Charlie. Then he goes to the WWF during the Attitude Era and captivates fans like Mark, who are younger fans at that time. You know, you're, you're 12 years younger than me. I, in, in real time, I saw so much more Terry Funk than you did, but it's awesome that you at your age can say, I got to experience some Terry Funk myself. Right. You know, and just he, and, and, and let me throw in just one last thing. Don't even get me started on who the most over- American babyface. I'm not talking about Fred Blassie as a heel. The most over American babyface in the history of Japan was J Japanese people. To Japanese people, Terry Funk is a fucking messiah. Terry Funk is a god in Japan, and he was completely different over there too. All the different, all the different, and I know I've been very long winded here, but all the different faces of Terry, all the different all the different eras of Terry, all the things Terry gave to the business and the changes that he made and the way that he was willing to adapt and the generations he was willing to adapt to and able to, I really do think he's the greatest to ever do it. And caveman lawyer has made his case. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I feel very passionate about, I don't know that you can lay out a case for someone better to ever do it than Terry Funk. Well, you know, Funk, who, like, okay, so imagine this. Imagine you have a, a fucking a, a champion who has been a heel for the longest time, who comes out and says, I'm the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, I'm better than you, I wear $5,000 shirts. How do you make that guy a good guy? 
put him against the put him against the best fucking bad guy. <laughs> and all he had to do was put Ric Flair through a fucking table, and those people thought, "Oh my god, Terry oh. killed Ric." Flair. I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut. I didn't want to cut you off, no. Kyle. But it's it's also funny that on that Cornette podcast, I'm talking about another podcast. But anyway, I, I I just love his stories. He's like that 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 night at that Clash of the Champions was one of those times where Cornette and the Midnight Express were on the outs with WCW. So he was gone at the time for like three, four months or whatever. And he's like, and I'm watching this on TV and I see that Terry's a special guest, one of the special guest judges and blah, blah, blah. Then he gets in the ring and he's like, and I was so mad. I'm like, ah, like he knew it. He knew the minute Punk got in the ring, he's like, they're shooting a fucking angle. They're shooting a fucking angle. He was so disappointed that he was he wasn't there for it. Oh, they're shooting a fucking angle. Like he knew before anybody else did. Oh, I know what's going down here. But yeah, when Terry's like, oh, I was just kidding about going on ahead and challenge you for the title and blah blah blah. I like um talking about Corny. I like that story where he's like um talking about Funk doing the moonsault. And he's like, What are you doing? He's like My life, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he talked about when Funk hit the first moonsault, and Corny said he was sitting outside, and Funk went to hit that moonsault, and he's like, "Terry, what the fuck are you doing?" He was just like, "I don't know," and he just did it. Like, how do I say it? Um. Terry Funk is a generational talent. And he's actually one of the few multi-generational talents. He's a guy that had no um I don't want to say it like he had no um, like, like he didn't have like they need to be the guy. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't need to be the guy that's drawing the money. I want to create the guy that's gonna make you the money. You know what I mean? Like. Nate, you and I are doing Reliving the Extreme, and we're talking about ECW. There's so many guys in that ECW locker room that if it would have been for Terry, it wouldn't have happened. You know? And here's like, the thing I want to say. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off, but the, the, the biggest right. thing I can say for Terry Funk is you name me one time that he has ever bitched about any of the injuries that he's suffered that he's bitched about any company that he's worked for a man went in, he did his job, doesn't bitch, doesn't gripe. And I mean, if you watch beyond the mat, you can see how much fucking pain the man's in. Goddamn. He's sitting there talking to the guy and he's like, well, he's like, if I don't have the surgery, how long can I wrestle after this? He's like, you shouldn't be able to fucking walk on it now. Yeah, you shouldn't even be able to walk right now. I mean, oh, what do you mean how much longer are you going to be able to wrestle? <laughs> you should be in a wheelchair. He's a man's man. Like, like We can talk about Florida. We can talk about NWA. And we can talk about all that shit. But um, we'll talk about Terry as a kid. Me being the age that I am, I'm I'm forty now. Um, my first um, viewing of Terry Funk was like ninety four, and it was watching him attack Dustin Rhodes. At that fucking slamboree or whatever. And 
or Spring Stampede, whatever it was. And it made me want to look like, how do I say it? Terry Funk was the first guy that made me want to look back into wrestling history. Does that make sense? And Terry Funk was one of those guys, too, that, like, if you watch late WCW, I mean late WCW, there is a feud between him and Norman Smiley and Ralphus that, you know, what? it's not bad. Oh, that's the that's the match where they're like, oh, take a take a left. Take a walk down the hallway and take a left at the Doritos. He's like, oh, there's the Doritos. <laughs> I mean that god damn uh, just talk about taking shit like free fans and people like Ralphus was in a catcher's outfit and that was the big surprise and they were able to get it over but he, it's because it's because he was the fucking best he can make any goddamn thing work anything like Terry Funk is not and I'm not in any way, shape, or form taken away from his promo ability. He was a great promo being Terry Funk as a promo. But Funk's grill, and when they wanted to make him a, a color commentator, he wasn't good at that. But he made the best of it, and he was still entertaining. He wasn't a good color commentator, but he did it. He did a good job being a color commentator, even though he wasn't good at it. It wasn't even what he wanted to be doing. You know what I mean? No. And that was, and that's the thing about it. And then again, like I said, you can't say enough about the fact that the man was able to give back to help a, a CW. I mean, to see Stevie Richards talk about the fact that he like tells Terry, he's like, I don't even think I could be in this match. And fucking Terry's like, oh, I don't understand why you don't. He's like, I think you're you're better than me. If fucking Steve Rich was like, what? <laughs> but I mean, if you, you talk about you talk about passing it on and and being a guy that's you know giving to the business, if you haven't read it yet, folks, you should go read the pretty much the day after post on social media because obviously. With as close as they were, the first post from Mick Foley on social media was very quick and to the point. You know, Um, you want to collect your thoughts. But if you have not read his post about Terry that was either from yesterday or today, I can't remember. I read it today, but I don't know when it was actually from. His longer post about his relationship with Terry. Go read that because that'll get you in the feels. He's, you know, and that's, that's a guy that, you know, Terry passed so much on to Mick. And did so much for him. And Mick is, you you can just tell how appreciative of he, he is and how much he loved Terry Funk. Think about and, it. Even um, in 06 or 07, Funk was, Terry and Mick were still telling stories. Like yeah. that, that whole story of Mick trying and Edge being like the hardcore and having Dreamer and Funk back. One of, like literally one of my favorite behind the scenes moments. From any of the, the doc- from any of the documentaries that were ever done, a behind the scenes stuff is on Beyond the Mat when Mick and Foley are just sit- Mick and Fu- Mick Foley and Terry Funk are just sitting back there. Yep, and you know he does the whole. It's so funny because the better friends you are, the better you are in the ring together. The more you beat each other up, the more you beat each other up, the better friends you are because the more money you're making and blah blah. And you can just see their love for each other as they're sitting there. Yeah, just these two guys who, who go out there every night and just beat the ever loving fuck out of each other. I mean, think about it. Look, I, I, there's a, the, I blew you moment. up in Nakamura or whatever. The, the best moment in that match is when fucking Terry hits. Fucking make the face and make rolls out. He's like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, on the on the one night stand. Yeah, yes. he's like, I don't, want, I don't want to be, I don't here, anymore. be here anymore. <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh. <laughs> but yes, a very, a very, a very solemn week in professional wrestling. But it, it's good to. It's good to tell the stories 
like that and laugh about it and smile about it because um, like I said at the beginning yes. of the show, I think before you guys even got to join me, the the the, the difference here it's kind of a, it's kind of like two two different kind of things like the Bray Wyatt loss is much more to me it's much more solemn just because he was so young and like we said the wife and the kids and the family whereas Terry's it's sad and we lost a fucking legend and and et cetera et cetera but at, at his age with his length of career the the good thing is when you talk about him, even though you're sad that the guy's gone, it's more of a celebration, if that makes yeah. sense. Whereas with Bray, it's a little more depressing. It's a little more, it's just, I don't know. You, do, do you, does what I'm saying make sense to you guys? Like, well, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because everything we have heard from the last two, three months has been oh, Bray's coming back soon. He's about to make mm-hmm. his comeback. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, just like out of nowhere, it it on it... a show for Terry Funk. We're like, dude, we should really do. Uh... And then I, what was it? Was it you, Aaron, that broke it? You're like, well, it's looking like Bray Wyatt passed away, and I was like, what? And sure enough, and it's just like, and as the details come out, and more and more, it's just like. <sighs> And you almost feel bad for Terry because he it's I don't want to say overshadowed, but like, well, I mean, like I said, it's just it's kind of two different things just because, again, I'm not in any way, shape or form demeaning the fact that a man passed away. It's very sad that Terry Funk passed away and it's it's sad for his family and his friends and and all of us as fans. But he was a 79 year old man. Yeah. So when when he passes away. Yeah, when he passes away, when somebody at that age passes away that has the legacy he does, that has the career that he did, again, it, like like when we were talking, if you notice, when we were talking about Terry, we had a lot more smiles and we had a lot more, yeah. you know what I mean? And because you're celebrating a life. Whereas we haven't with Bray, the, we with haven't Bray even, it's more tragic, I we guess. We haven't brought up the fact that Bob Barker passed away. But you know what? If you make it to 99 at that point, I don't feel bad when you pass. Yeah, God damn it. You lived a good one, buddy. At that point, <laughs> he's probably like, I keep asking for death, but, <laughs> but the price well. is wrong, Bob. <laughs> I, well, did firstly, somebody, I did see somebody that, that said something that I thought was really funny. So I'm looking for a dollar. He got right at 99. Yeah, yeah, he didn't eat it. He, he got right under a dollar. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I want, first of all, I want to apologize to our listeners for the audio from the beginning of this episode. We had some technical issues with some echoes for the first like 15 minutes or so. I, pre- I apologize for that and I will do my best to edit to make it sound decent. This last bit has been fine. And that I'm thankful for that because I'm glad we got to have this conversation. Before we wrap up, I'll go around the horn here. I'll go around the table. Final thoughts on both Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. Mark Brew, we'll start with you because you get in the room with the three of us. We dominate the conversation and you don't get to say much. Yeah. And I'm not rude. I don't like to cut. We're fucking, we're fucking blowhards. Just say it. It's true. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's, it's tragic about Bray. I, uh, I was a fan. I really uh, like Aaron wasn't so much a fan of the Fiend stuff, but I, I really like thought that was cool as hell. Um, just because of the whole time that Bray was his character, you know what I'm saying? And throughout every character he's done, he's always been this kind of, you know, like dark entity. But knowing what we know now, it's because it was the complete opposite of what he actually was. He was actually a beacon of light for a lot of people. And um, when I read Becky Lynch's post about him, it kind of it kind of hit you know the frog in the throat because you could, you could just tell I, that I didn't that I didn't see that friends. I didn't see that. What did she say? Uh, she was just talking about that he always had time for other people, and uh, 
that you know he he was selfless and stuff like that and she called it when she at the end she didn't even call him Bray she called him Hoot I'm assuming that was you know something between them so mm-hmm. I was like you know it it was it was you could tell hers was genuine like they were they were really friends um Mir- Miro had a really good one too where he was talking about how he was like one of like the extras like that be when Bray was like there or whatever, and he took something from Bray like in the ring. Would everybody else would have forgot me? He's when I finally made it to Raw. Like Bray was the first one to walk up and be like, "Hey, man, you fucking made it! Like, congratulations!" And it's cool as shit, you know. Yeah. And as far as Funk goes, he. He, he's gonna ride off on, on that steel horse with a Marlboro in his fucking mouth and still you know, be that bad motherfucker that he was. As 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 funny as it is, as funny as uh, well, and I'm I know I'm letting you guys have your thoughts, but you brought that up. As funny as it is, you know what I it, it, when you say that, you know what I picture Terry going off into the afterlife as. What's that? And it, I don't know why, but it's just because. All the time, he's Terry Funk, Terry Funk, Terry Funk. The legend, hardcore, in the ring. But there's that scene in Beyond the Mat where he looks so vulnerable. Where he's walking away, because they're in that parking lot or whatever, and he kind of trips in a pothole. And, like, it's just like, that's... That's what I see. You know what I mean? That's the exterior down. That's, that's, you know, he's... I don't know. But... Kyle, your final thoughts on both of these great, great performers. Their body of work will be remembered throughout the annals of time. If we could all be so lucky to have moments like they had where for a person that lived for that, that they were able to achieve that. um, Nothing else. Take a lesson from how these men were in life and see how you could take those and put it into your own life. Because honestly, I mean, you you don't want to say a hero, but like they were good dudes who worked hard, who treated people right. And Um, that's one of the, that's one of the strange things about them passing away a day apart is when you really think about it, the impact that Terry Funk made on on people around him and the business around him in his 79 years on this planet. And then the impact that Bray made on the business around him and the people around him in only 36 years on this planet. is It's pretty ironic. You know what I mean? Just... These two guys that obviously everybody fucking loved, that gave, that 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 lifted up other people instead of knocking them down. Just Bray Wyatt was a Terry Funk kind of fucking guy, if that makes sense. You know, right. and it's just it's so ironic that they they passed away. You know, and I'm not saying Bray Wyatt's Terry Funk of his generation. You guys know what I'm saying, though. It's just like he's he's a Terry Funk kind of fucking guy. Unfortunately, yeah. there's few, there's few of them left. I yes. mean, that's that's the unfortunate part. But if nothing else, if nothing else, I don't want to sound morbid when I say this, but it, it can come at any moment. Whether you're 87, you're 99, or you're 36, it, it can come. So embrace each day, live it to its fullest. Yes. Hug those that you love. Tell them that you love them because you may not get the chance if nothing else. And I guarantee you, if you hug your kids and tell them you love them out of nowhere, right now they're going to go, Dad, because mine did. But um, they're definitely going to appreciate it later in their life. Yeah, so. when, when, you get, when you get older and you do go, they're going to they're gonna cherish those memories. Aaron, your final thoughts on Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk. Um, my final thoughts on Bray Wyatt is that, um, 
I wouldn't say that he's a Terry Funk. And that's not disrespecting him. Okay. What I'll say about him is that I, and this is going to be high praise too, even though this guy's a complete kind of trash bag. Um, I think Bray Wyatt um, creatively was the Jake Roberts of his generation. Oh, absolutely. I really do think that. And um, I never knew the man, obviously, but I'm just talking as a as a talent. I think he's the Jake Roberts of his generation. And Terry Funk is not the guy that I'd say is the GOAT, but he's pretty goddamn close. That's that that's what I'll say. And um and that's not disrespecting Terry Funk at all. Okay, I, like like I'm not trying to like be dis- disrespectful to him at all. But um I if it was like if 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 you tell me like A1 A2 like okay Kurt Hennig A1 Terry Funk A2 Terry Funk A1 Kurt Hennig A2 Okay that that's my personal opinion just personal opinion that's how i feel about it um the only other thing else do we so does that sound okay with terry funk and kurhenic cuz that's my opinion they're they're the two greatest professional wrestlers to ever live is kurhenic and terry funk i i get what you're saying my my the thing that i don't I, that i i want to don't want lost on the fact the man wrestled for 50 fucking years i know so I, i'm not I'm not saying cuz cuz even then i could say oh bobby heenan's up there you know what i mean it's like oh, now you're going to compare bobby heenan to terry funk or whatever like there's a lot of terry funk may not be the the, the top legend, but he is a legend. He will go down in oh, history. Yes. Oh, no, a... no. I'm not saying he's not at all. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying... saying. I'm saying I get what you're saying. He is one of those guys that. I don't know. I don't look at like Ric Flair's the greatest of all time. I look at guys and like, no, these guys were the greatest of all time. It's like bands. How can you how can you sit there and say to SMA pick the Beatles and Led Zeppelin? Who really is the yeah, best? Which, it's subjective. Which on our which on our next um We Can't Wrestle podcast after this um tribute show, we're gonna do um um top ten lead singers of bands. And Kyle, I want you to be on that because you're the only one that's an actual musician out of all of us. But um, the only other thing I'll say, like like I said, I think Terry Funk is in my top three um, wrestling performers of all time. But the only other thing I'll say at the end of this show is um, not trying to like sound stupid or whatever is if anybody has any kind of like um, mental issues um, Jesus Christ Did you hear that, Nate? Nope. Yeah. 
Big fucking gunfire over there. Oh boy. <laughs> I was just trying to get I was gonna get deep for a minute and some fucking shit just happened. Never mind. <laughs> well, I, I will wrap it up by saying a couple of things first. Again, like I said, Sorry. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, generational talent of his generation of professional wrestlers. And uh, my one last thing where I will contend, I didn't think about this until as we were, I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but it came to my mind. When I said Terry Funk, even though he's not my favorite of all time, he's in my top five, might be the best to ever do it. There's one more thing I'll attribute to him, and then we'll, 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 we'll exit the show. But without Terry Funk, there may not have been a rock and wrestling era. Yeah. Why? Because Terry Funk recommend Terry Funk was friends with Sly Stallone and recommended Hulk Hogan to be Thunderlips. So there you go. Thanks, Terry. You did another great thing for fucking professional wrestling. <laughs> Which one though? Yeah. Which Terry? Because if you ask Terry, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> Terry Funk. Yeah, if you ask Terry Bollea, he was in Wembley <laughs> Stadium and healed a crippled child. We're not getting into Hulk Hogan's fish tales tonight. That's not what this show is about. <laughs> okay. Can I say what I was going to say before the fucking dude got shot in the alley? Yes, make it quick. I'm ready to be done. All I was going to say was if anybody has any kind of like, you know, alcohol dependency or emotional, mental problems or whatever, just talk to your friends um don't feel like you're alone well you're not I, alone I, you're not, not alone, alone. Yet. like Aaron said you I have, have, no, have friends. I have no problems I'm just saying <laughs> I know a person that's going through some shit right now and I don't like the fact that he's going through that and don't ever feel like never mind I get what you're saying there is always hope trust me you have options if you need help reach out call somebody there's help out there it's always an there, option there is and I'll say this I used to drink way too much I used to drink way too much. I used to drink way too much. And we would do this podcast until five o'clock in the morning and I would be super stupid, sloppy. And I'm not proud of it. It's not fun. It's not fun. People think it's fun, but it's not fun. No. In, in the years since I have cut back a lot because it's listen, like Aaron said, you have friends. I was able to, I was able to do it on my own. Because I, I at certain people have the personality where you can step back and go, I have a fucking problem and I need to fix this and then do it. If you don't, what you have is a support system. You have friends, you have family, you have people that can help you. You have people that you're not going to like what they have to say, but it's probably right. <laughs> well, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you real quick here. Um, you don't need to feel ashamed if you can't do it on your own. No, no. That that's the biggest issue is people feel like that you're you're not a failure. It's okay to ask for help. And you should. Yes. Because there are people that are willing to help you and care about you. So I'm glad you brought that up, Aaron, because it is important. And, 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 it, you know, it, it's, it's also, you know, considering the fact that what was that first fucking trigger reaction that everybody thought about Bray? Oh, know, it's, it's probably a suicide. The mental <laughs> issues and all that. And again, Are you my, I mean, Mark, <laughs> to, the point, to the point where the family who asked for privacy had to come out and be like, hey, this is what happened. Listen, yeah, listen. <laughs> right. But anyway, we are going to sign off. I want to thank Kyle, Aaron, and Mark for joining me tonight. Well, thank you. 
for the special tribute to both Bray Wyatt and the legendary Terry Funk. They will both be missed. And we'll see everybody next time. As Aaron said, we have some stuff in the works. Yeah, and Talk let's, about just play, let's just play Hallelujah as we trail off. Because we can't play fucking Tootsie Goodbye anymore. Right? I just got a Toots tweet in. It says the Hulk Hogan's the one fucking shooting. You fell off. You fell off just as you started to read the tweet there. No, it just says that Hulk Hogan's the one that told Terry Funk do the moonsault off the top rope. <laughs> there was a dime. <laughs> we were <laughs> well, he knows something, brother. We were in Wem- Wembley Stadium, brother, and there was a dying child in the back. And I said, Terry, tonight, dude. I promise me, me and Jimmy Harder. Me and Jimmy Hart are gonna write a Ford CD anthology. No, he looked at it. He said Terry's child. He said, Terry, I told that little Hulk maniac that you're going to do a moonsault from the top rope, brother. Are you going to let this little Hulk maniac down? And and Terry Funk looked at me and said, brother, even though you're the biggest Terry, I'll be the best Terry. (laughs) We'll be nicer when Hogan dies. But until that happens, he's a fishtail telling motherfucker, and we will see you next week on the Weekend <laughs> Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> I think about the movie Big Fish when I think of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs>